Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Key Ingredient Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Shelleen Lusant, health and wellness consultant at Increase the Peach in Fort Myers, Florida. Shelleen, thanks for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I am very excited about this issue, and I've known each other through social media for quite some time, and I follow you, and I, everyone listening obviously should when they're interested in health and wellness and everything that goes along with that. So this is a topic that is near and dear to my heart because I enjoy that lifestyle as well. Yeah. So let's just jump right into it. If you don't mind, maybe just tell our listeners and viewers just a little bit about yourself, please. All right. As you said, my name is Shelleen. I'm 5'3". I got long. I'm just joking. <laughs> Keep going. That's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm a health and wellness consultant. I am based here in Southwest Florida. I'm passionate like you about health and fitness and about helping people become proactive about their health. And I get to do that through my um, fitness center, Increase the Peach. Don't let the name fool you. We actually do a lot of heavyweight boxing and lifting there. Um, I also have a clothing line, an athletic wear clothing line, and I love to like plan events. So I plan a couple of health and wellness festivals every now and then. I love it. So let, let's go back in time, if you don't mind, Shalene. And uh, so you're originally from Miami, correct? Yes, originally from Miami. So what brought you to Southwest Florida? Family. My mom thought Miami was just moving too fast for girls and she was raising girls on her own. So she wanted to get us out of the fast life. So she moved us down to Southwest Florida and we had never even heard of this area. When we moved here, there was nothing but cows. I don't even think many of the Walmarts were here yet, but a uh, family moved me here and family brought me back. Okay. Okay. So what were you like in, let's go to high school. Were you, were you athletic at that time? I mean, what, 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 what kind of kid were you? I had asthma. I was an orca dork. I actually played the violin. I was first chair at Fort Myers Senior High School, go Greenway. Wow. But um, no, I was not athletic. Third grade, I think it was when all my athletic dreams kind of disappeared. I went to try out for the track team and had an asthma attack. Okay. Yeah. How severe was your asthma? Was it was it pretty severe? It was more so exercise induced. Okay. So I really okay. couldn't do too much strenuous exercise. Um, my mom told me that actually when I was born, I had breathing issues because believe it or not, I was like a 10 pound baby, 10 pound breech baby that um, caused us to cause her to have a cesarean. Okay. And um, so she was like, oh, I thought you kind of just grew out of it because you never needed an inhaler or anything. Um, but I guess my lungs just never really kicked into gear and I found out when I thought like I'm the fastest I'm gonna just run track <laughs> and I'm gonna go to the Olympics and it was like nope you're not gonna do that my mom being from the Caribbean she's Haitian and super like she's a I had a dream so you can't go out type sure, of parent sure. so she was like yeah you have asthma so you can't do anything you can't run you just have to sit there and look cute okay and that's what I did I was exempt from taking PE all throughout like school and then I did the IB program and we didn't have to do like any PE programs in high school. So I just did the violin. And then in seniors, like senior year, I think I joined the dance team. Okay. Well, so that that's athletic. I mean, that certainly. Like so first, what, what kind of dancing? It was actually with the marching band. Okay. So yeah, was it senior year? Maybe it was freshman year. Yeah. Because we actually started the Riptide dance team. And I was like, well, mommy, it's just dancing. I dance around the house and I don't have an asthma attack. And she allowed me to do that. And then I had to get an inhaler. Like I had to use an inhaler the entire time so all of the like football moms and band moms had to like make sure that they had my inhaler because I had needed like a puff before I go on the field sure and a puff after and I was able to do it but then um I was like okay if I can dance I'm pretty sure I could do other things so when I went I left the house I was like I'm gonna try to work out and that's what it's just started there just like all right I can, I can beat this thing and I actually took an extracurricular in yoga at FIU. Okay. I was like, I'm going okay. to do yoga because they talk about breathing and meditation. I think if I can like get control over my breath, 
I could probably like exercise. And that's what I did. I took that semester of yoga and I really learned how much like your breath just impacts everything. And I got rid of my inhaler in a year. So you you attribute yoga to helping you I really do control your asthma. I attribute yoga and just breath work and meditation with helping me to get rid of my asthma. It's still an issue, obviously. I still have issues with breathing. I still find sometimes I'll get winded, but I also can run a half marathon. Interesting. Wow. So I bet you wish you knew that back in third grade. I mean, I? even if I knew it, I'm pretty sure my mom would still tell me no. <laughs> <laughs> if she had but, a dream about it, I'm sure, yeah. But if I could sneak, if I knew how to do it and could sneak and do it, like when I was at school, I would have totally done it. Sure. I really would have. Interesting. So, okay, so you went, so you, so you said you went to FIU, correct? I did. I started my school schooling at FIU because I wanted to get out of Fort Myers by okay. any means necessary. Sorry, Fort Myers. Um, so I actually started um, my collegiate career at FIU. Okay. Okay. So what did you study there? Um, communications, believe okay. it or not. Okay. PR. Very nice. So what happened after that? So you graduated FIU. No, I actually okay. didn't. I ended up okay. coming back. My mom had a health crisis that caused me to come back to Fort Myers. And then I came and I became an Eagle. I went to FGCU and I finished my degree there. Okay. So I got my bachelor's in communications and PR from FGCU. Very nice. So after that, so I know you had an interesting, I guess, segue or start into the fitness industry. It wasn't exactly something you had planned, no. I believe. Tell no. us a little bit about that story because I think it's a very impactful story, if you don't mind. So a lot of my life, even though I wasn't allowed to exercise, was running away, running away from Fort Myers. So after I got back to Fort Myers and graduated, I ran back to Miami um, and I wanted to work in entertainment. So I didn't feel like being in this area would allow me to work in PR and entertainment. I did that for over a decade, working in Miami, traveling the world with different entertainers, athletes and working in that career. And then again, my mom, who had been sick when I was in college, her her health turned for the worse. Um, so I ended up coming back full time, realizing like, okay, this is going to be a thing. I'm going to just stay here. And um, obviously when your life trajectory changes, it's not always easy to take it and accept it. I was very angry. I was angry one, because my mom was sick, um, finding out that it was an, a disease that could have been prevented. And um, I was pissed off. So sure. pissed off turned into passion about helping people to become proactive about their health. Um, and I was only really just being a loud mouth on social media. For some reason, people listened to me. <laughs> and I was like, okay, listen, here, you guys got to do better. You don't want to sweat out your edges. You got to go to the gym. You got to be proactive. You got to move your body. You got to stop eating all the sodium and the fried foods because you're going to have diabetes and high blood pressure. Like I was like that person, like that self-righteous person. Like you got to stop you doing were, all these so things. So let, let me stop you there if you don't mind. So so what, what was the trigger that brought you from you came home to take care of your mom. You were a mm -hmm. caregiver, right? And were you, were you very, were you living a healthy lifestyle at that I point? I was. Okay. Once I got into college, that after that yoga class, I completely turned into a gym head. Like I was working out every day. I was going to the gym, trying out different gyms, doing anything fitness related. I wanted to move my body in all ways. I almost felt like I was supposed to be an athlete. So I wanted to like, just like figure out how to become that for myself. Sure. So it became like my hobby, my outlet. So I was always working out. Um, but then realizing, talking to the doctors, my mom has um, hypertension and diabetes long-standing hypertension diabetes that turn into kidney failure. So okay. she's on high, high hemodialysis three times a week. We learned that because of her um, unchecked hypertension and taking insulin for all those years, that led to the failure of her organs. Mm, okay. So it's like, what can help you with hypertension and diabetes? Diet and exercise. Sure, sure. Like it's, I mean, unless it's like type 1 diabetes, you can really manage it and sometimes reverse the effects by a sustainable, like healthy lifestyle. 
So when I realized that, I was like, you mean like I exercise every day and I eat healthy. I don't eat meat. I eat like fish mostly. I eat clean half of the year. I'm vegan. And my mom has kidney failure because she didn't like move more and eat better. That sucks. Sure it does. Yeah. So I didn't want anyone else to like have to deal with that like prognosis of your quality of life is going to change and your life expectancy may change because if you don't get a kidney, like the the lifespan on hemodialysis is not that long. So I just, like I said, I was just upset and I wanted other people to like just to wake up and not have to go through what my family was going through. Sure. So when you went onto social media and like you said, you became an advocate, yeah. right? About health and wellness. Were you, were you a personal trainer at that time or not, not yet? Okay. I was still so this is just a passion that you had that yeah. you wanted to share with the world. Completely had a okay. day job. I was like the communications person by day and like the fitness crusader by night. <laughs> okay. Like I would go to work, but then I knew how to use social media for work, obviously. And I just created like a little Facebook group. At that time, Facebook groups weren't like that popping. Um, I still didn't really know how to use Instagram. I hated Twitter, but I would just say things and it would catch attention. And I liked making videos. So if I did work out, I would share my workout video. I actually think I started doing my sweaty selfies at that point too. Like, hey, I'm going to the gym. So if I'm telling you to do it, you got to do it too. Sure. Kind sure. of thing. So. Interesting. So then, so what made you then, I mean, it, it seems like a, an obvious progression, but to become a personal trainer. People kept asking me to train them. Like, okay. I, I think sometimes we we think because someone is um, advocating for something or saying you should do it or showing that they do it. Um and they have what you want, you think, oh, they obviously know what they're doing. So no one realized that I wasn't a personal trainer. They were just like, oh, will you train me? Like, you're, you're so passionate. You're always at the gym. And I'm like, I, I'm not a personal trainer. Sure. I'm not, I can't. It's, I don't think you think it's ethical. That's not my <laughs> scope of work. Um, but then my mom's, um, they were saying that she was going to have to do hospice. Okay. And I'm like, well, she's on dialysis. You can do dialysis. You don't have to go to hospice for that. I'll figure it out. Like working with a physical therapist and I was like, I work out, let's just learn the body and figure out how to actually make her move and rehabilitate my mom. Mm -hmm. And so from showing that, I was like, okay, I'm, I guess I might as well go ahead and get the certification because people just kept asking. They're like, let's do a meetup and like host a workout. And I'm like, if I'm going to do it, I want to do it right. Sure. Because you have those people that are just like, okay, I work out so I can train you. But everybody's different. So I wanted to make sure that if I did it, I did it the right way. Okay. So how long ago was that that you got certified? Like eight years ago, I think. Is it? Okay. Yeah, eight years like ago. Eight years. So, so tell me a little bit about kind of what like a normal day is for you. And not only from, we'll get into your own personal workouts, if you yeah. don't mind sharing in a okay. little bit, but from a clientele point of view. So you, you, obviously you work at, you work at the fitness center in Fort yes. Myers. Mm -hmm. Do you meet all of your clients there? Do you meet them outside of there as well? How does that work? I work um, a few ways. So my day starts at 2.30 in the morning because I do have some trainings that I do virtually. So I train clients through like a web interface. They have an app where we design programming for them and they're able to do it on their own. Okay. And I check in with them and I check in on their progress that way. Then I head to the gym, I work out, and then I go into the studio. We open the studio about five and I see most of my clients in the studio, but then I have a select few that are a little bougie and they like me to come to their homes. Okay. And I go in and I check in on them and I work out from their homes with them. And then I go back into the studio. Okay. Do it there. It's a long yeah. day. So what are the hours from when to when? I start my day typically at 2.30 every day and it probably ends around 8.30. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So tell me about the app a little bit. So is it one of those where someone someone signs on to the app, becomes a client of yours, and mm -hmm. you can actually track 
everything that they're doing? Yeah, How does I that work? stalk them. So I tell yeah. everybody, I'm like, if you become my client, we become besties. Like, I need to know everything. I even want to know, like, your bowel movements. Like, how many times did you go today? Like, <laughs> Very it's, personal, It's huh? super personal. Okay. Like, I need to know everything that you've done. And the app allows them to do that. So most people use a fitness tracker. We both have on Apple Watches right yes, now. Yes, we do. Um, and it lets me see how much they're moving. So I can actually, throughout the day, if I check in, I could be like, oh, you're only at 5,000 steps, but you're usually at, like, 10,000 by now. So what is going on? We need to figure out how to get you moving more. It shows us that. Um, it actually gives them like a, gr a grade of red, yellow, or green. So that way, if they're not tracking on what their goals are, there's a habit tracker in there. So if you're not drinking water and you said you want to drink more water and you're not checking off those habits, we can see that. If you're not checking off your sleep habits um, and there's a nutrition component to track your nutrition and then the workouts where there's video guided, like either myself or other trainers showing them the workout so that they know how to do it on their own as well with the prescribed, like everything from reps and sets. So you actually, so you will prescribe. So someone who has this, and I've never seen your app, but someone who has it could go on there on a daily basis yep. and not only track habits, but they could also see the workout that you laid out for them for the day. Yep. Also the steps that they have. And I'm assuming diet, things like macros and things Everything like that. Everything is laid out. Okay. Macronutrients okay. are laid out. Um, there's a, it actually syncs to other apps. So you can actually track in like MyFitnessPal and it'll go back and tell me. So it works with MyFitnessPal. Okay. So yeah, it's actually a very intuitive app um, and it allows you, again, like to see the program. So before we used to do programming like through Excel sheets mm -hmm. and it's like, okay, 10 squats times 15 or whatever type of thing. But now I can actually like put the video, the description of what the exercise is, what body part is actually working out because there's actually an encyclopedia of exercises that even after you've gotten through your program, let's say it's like a two or three phase program, mm -hmm. you can then later on go in and say, well, okay, I really want to focus on my quads. What are some other exercises that I can include now to help you start, start building your own programming in there? Because if you don't have a plan, whether it's with a trainer or not, you're not going to really succeed or progress with fitness. So. Certainly agree with that. So anyone listening who's saying, you know what, I want to lose 10, 15, 20 pounds, whatever it may be, mm -hmm. that is really a way to go, right? Through the yeah. app and you can track everything. You can tell them how much they should be eating and working. I, that, that's terrific. It's a very cost-effective way. And if you know that you have the discipline to continue and like hold yourself accountable to do it, it's a great way to get personal training on your own like terms. Okay, interesting. So you have a term that you use called balancing consistency and grace and fitness. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that, please. Because right now, I think everybody's a fitness guru. So everybody's always like, you got to be consistent. You got to be disciplined. They're yelling at you and they're telling you, you have to huh. always like be in the gym. And from someone who's always in the gym, it's not the case. There's certain times like recently we had like the Hurricane Adalia scare. So I was actually on the other coast. I had an event that was taking place. So I was going to be out of my normal routine for seven days. Right. I'm also preparing for bikini competition, which requires consistency. But for those like seven days when there was a hurricane imminent, there was an event that I was planning. I was not at home. Consistency had to look a little bit different. Sure. So I had to learn how to balance it. I couldn't just give up because my routine was different. But I also had to just understand that, okay, normally I work out seven days a week. I may only get to work out three days here. It's still consistency. It's just a different shift. I'm still able to sustain my progress, but it's not perfection. I'm still progressing. Sure, right? sure. So that's what it is. It's really just understanding that um, in different seasons in life and different days and different just time periods, things are going to change. And if you stick to a notion that everything has to be a certain way, you're going to get to failure. 
Yeah. Interesting. So you recently had that, didn't you? Where you did take, like you said, you yeah. took it because I did see you posted where 10 days you're human, right? I wow. So, 10 I days. Like, I was so surprised. I was like, oh, <laughs> I didn't lift it. I moved. I did things. Sure, like, sure. I work on a treadmill. I have like a, tre a treadmill desk. So I walk. So I got my steps in and everything. But I actually hadn't lifted for 10 days. And me last year, I probably would have had a nervous breakdown, believe it or not. <laughs> I'd have like, oh my gosh, I did not work out. I'm flat. I lost my, I would have been just what is it? I think it's like orthorexia it's is that what it's called it's okay where you're just like so infatuated with being healthy that if you're not like perfect at it like you just it's it's a it's a, it's actually like a mental disorder I could see that well because there is something mental to working out it right is. for anyone who works out you tell me what you think but anyone who works out consistently and is pretty hardcore when they don't work out they don't necessarily feel the same way and when they, they do they tend to feel better. No, I'm like the Snickers bar commercial. My family would be like, you haven't worked out, huh? You should probably go to the gym. They can tell. They huh? can definitely yeah, tell. Yeah. Even just my productivity, I feel is different. Like I start my day with a workout because it makes me feel better. It makes me feel more productive. Like I feel like it equips me to feel as if I can take on everything else. Right. Yeah. Like working out doesn't fix your problems, but it definitely, in my opinion, makes you feel like, OK, if I can lift. 150 pounds and I only weigh 120 pounds like <laughs> I can definitely tackle like three items on my to-do list today sure, you know? sure I can obviously ask someone to sponsor this event I lifted more than my own body weight <laughs> it's nothing so I think um it definitely does shift your perspective on like just how you see things if you don't do it consistently if your routine messes up but it's just knowing that if the routine changes, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, you yeah, you're right. It. And you just pick up and tomorrow's yeah. another day, right? I mean, I still have my muscles. Yeah, yeah. It probably takes quite quite some time <laughs> to lose them, doesn't it? my body probably needed the rest, to be honest. Because that's the thing is like rest is actually when our body gets to do everything that it needs to do. Sure. To see those gains. Yeah. So we just have to learn the balance of it. It's all good. Yeah, no, no, I think I think that's great. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I'm, I'm assuming you probably hear quite a bit from your your, your clients and, and just people in general is they don't have enough time. I yeah. think that's it's one of the biggest things when it comes to eating and fitness Two completely separate components, obviously. Yeah. But um, how do you help people through that? I mean, what what is enough time? And I know that varies. But yeah. for someone who right now is not very active and they want to be, mm -hmm. I mean, what do you think is the best way for them to get started? So I usually, when people tell me they don't have time, I don't argue with them. I'm just like, okay, you don't have time. Yeah. That's what it is. Probably like, the best approach. I call yeah. myself the lady trainer. I'm like, oh, you want to work out? Cool. You don't? It's all right. But um, in having a conversation, you find out that people actually have way more time than they say they do. So just like, all right, cool. You don't have time. That's fine. I kind of make them forget that they've already given me an objection to doing it. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of disarm them through conversation, just hearing about their lives. And like, sometimes I'll find out like, an example, a client of mine, she has a dog. She loves her dogs. She takes her dogs for walks like three times a day, but she wasn't considering that exercise. Walking is exercise. <laughs> getting a lot of steps, You're I'm getting sure. a lot of steps. You're moving. And then there's things you can do out there with your dog. Throwing a Frisbee, throwing a ball, maybe making it a game to pick up your dog and bring them up the stairs a few times. Like So things like that. I just have conversations where I just like interject where just life imitates the gym or mm -hmm. the gym like imitates life, like different things that you're doing, like, oh, I'm a mover. I'm picking up boxes all the time or I'm an Amazon delivery person. Like, oh, my gosh, the functionality of all these movements are things that we mimic in the gym. Sure. And maybe you are not able to get into the gym, but your life could still be healthy. And then it's like, oh, I don't have time to cook. Well, 
they have these prepared meals for you even at Publix now that you can get. You can go to Whole Foods too. We have we have them now. There's Trader Joe's. There's all these prepared things. So I just try to like interject like, oh, have, have you heard of this thing called a microwave? You can actually like get prepared meals. Sure. And I just try to make it just simple so that it's just like a reminder that it doesn't have to be like tilapia and broccoli and hardcore like bro diet to be healthy. Like the thing that you're doing, if you change just one small thing today and then you're able to change another small thing next week, little by little, those small changes start to create like sustainable growth towards your your goals. So it's really just helping them to first like be disarmed because you're already objecting to being healthy. <laughs> right. Um, and then just realize one like, cool, you're already kind of doing it. Wouldn't it be awesome if you could just do like one other thing towards that thing? Sure. And it helps because they're like, oh, that's easy. I can do that. Yeah, no, that 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 makes a lot of sense. Yeah. How important would you say macros are to your diet? And and by the way, for anyone, I'll, I'll have you explain it, but for anyone listening who doesn't know what macros necessarily are, maybe if you don't mind explaining that just a little bit. Yes, yeah, so your macronutrients are made out of your um, proteins, your carbohydrates, and your fats. They are the building components of most of the foods that you eat. Um, when people think of protein, they're usually going to think of a protein shake, but protein actually comes through your spinach, your beans, your fish, your beef, your carbs. Of course, you're going to think it's like your Snickers bars, but those are things like your pasta. Pizza. Pizza right? definitely is a carb. <laughs> but um, uh, we're thinking healthy. Yeah. You know, your pastas and your your rice and your grains and your toast and things of that nature. And then your fats can be things coming from like nuts, butters, and things of those nature. So those are like the building blocks of your diet. And then there are um, micronutrients, which are like your vi your vitamins and your minerals. All those things come together to create a diet. Okay. And yeah. so when you customize macros for someone, whatever percentage of, of fat, carbs, and protein, do you, uh, do you adjust that based on kind of, I guess, their reaction and how they're progressing through their, their fitness so program? So I do not adjust anyone's macros because, okay. again, beyond my scope. So one of the things that I'm doing is I'm in school now to become a dietitian okay. um, because I do think nutrition is very key to most people's goals. I refer them out to a dietitian. I have one that I work very closely with, um, and she actually teaches them what they need to do because she's able to do the testing and find out what is necessary for their diet. Um, through that, I'm able to coach them to help them get to those macronutrients. Okay. So if you're like, say, we're going to go with me. If I think right now I'm like maybe 127 pounds and I'm trying to put on muscle. So I need to get at least 130 grams of protein. What does that mean? That means that throughout the day, I need to make sure that I'm getting maybe like four or five servings of fish. And if I don't want to eat four or five servings of fish, maybe I'm adding a protein shake that has between like 20 and 30 grams of protein. So that's what it is. I'm just helping them to understand like what they're eating and what they're eating is actually made out of. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We have a lot of women who listen to this podcast. Mm -hmm. How in, I mean, there's this notion that as women, they don't want to lift weights, right? And I know you lift weights and strength training, you know, obviously is very important, but there's, yeah. there is that misconception that I don't want to bulk up. I don't want to get too big. I'm a woman. Let's discuss that. Honey, a bit, honey, honey. You would have to be a man to look like a man. Like, it's just like, <laughs> I don't know whoever started that, but there's not enough weight that you could lift to like look that bulky. And then the amount of food. And that's the thing is because people don't understand macronutrients, they don't understand the amount of caloric intake. So your macronutrients together build up, create calories. So let's look at it this way your, your protein is about four grams per unit, your fats is the most calorie dense, it's about nine grams. And then your um, carbs are another four. Those things together 
like if you have to create the math of, okay, I'm eating 130 um, grams of protein, I need 100 grams of carbs, and then maybe like 50 grams of protein, that actually may only be about 1500 calories. Sure. And then I get so disappointed when I see a grown woman who's 43 years old, 5'9", and she's only eating 1100 calories, which is probably enough for a toddler. It's not enough. And a lot of people wonder, like, why am I I'm not able to sleep? My hair is falling off. I can't, like, lose weight in my midsection. It's because you're not eating enough. So if you're not even eating enough to sustain a life where you're able to breathe properly, how would you eat enough to, like, get bulky? The weights sure. are not doing it. Usually people's the thing that they're afraid of is what they're fueling their bodies with. And if you're not fueling your body properly, you're not going to get to that figure that you're trying to get. Sure. And you're definitely not going to become bulky. Yeah. You're not eating enough. You're going to probably have to eat like 5,000 calories to get bulky. No one probably could do that. Unless no, that, you're like one of those YouTubers well, that the does rock. it. The Rock probably he does, eats. Yeah, he eats a lot of calories. not human. No. I don't think he is. He's probably like 10,000 calories or something. Something crazy. 8,000 or just have a huge number. Have you seen the videos when he eats? Like he has like big pancake stacks like three ribeyes and he does it's crazy he's doing he, he's achieving the opposite of what people say which is as you get older he's putting on more muscle and less fat human. no he's not human. i don't think he's, he's part not. of our human race yeah i I, I, I would agree with you on that one um so yeah macros are important and uh thank you for mentioning and muscles that. are important because it's actually like an anti-aging effect the more muscles you have it keep, keeps your bone density better women have issues with osteoporosis as we age um and the more you work out it causes you to have stronger it causes you to have stronger bones which causes you to have less issues with like probably falling and breaking your hip which causes you to be immobile and then causes you to like atrophy a muscle so you really do want to work on building muscle not just for the aesthetic of it just but for functional life sure sure yeah. and the more muscle you have the more calories you burn the anyway more calories you burn yeah, right. at rest. Yeah. yeah i think that's also a misconception you see a lot of people are trying to lose weight and they hit the treadmill and they're just on that treadmill for as long as they they can sustain it and that's what i tell people i'm like okay so this is the thing you get on the treadmill and you burn all those calories but the calories that you burn on the treadmill that's it you lift weights, you burn less calories, but you're still burning calories throughout the rest of the day. Sure, sure. Which is better. We're burning calories right, right now, now, right? Just yeah. sitting here yeah. looking pretty. Yeah, yeah, right? you're exactly, exactly right. Yeah, so I think people need to understand, and there's so much material online now that you can really educate yourself. You can even listen to a podcast on how it actually all works for you. So I tell women all the time, if you're trying to lose weight, you want to focus on what you're eating. You want to make sure you're not letting anything stress you out too much. Probably need to reduce your alcohol intake and you most certainly want to lift weights. Yeah, You do need to do cardio because it's for your, your cardiovascular health, right? Your, sure. your heart health. But like three times a week is enough. Yeah. Interesting. So let, let's talk plateaus. So for mm -hmm. those who are a little bit more experienced with working out, yeah. um, how, how common are they? And They're super common. I think I'm going through one right now, actually. So let's, so do me a favor again, for anyone who doesn't know, d d please describe what a plateau is. A plateau out. is let's like, if you have a line graph, right? So your, your, your graph is steadily going up. You've gotten into the gym, you're getting all the newbie gains and you're seeing everything. You're losing all the weight. You've lost like 30 pounds in the first like 97 days of working out, just throwing out random figures. And then on day 98, you realize, all right, I'm at set goal here. And Let's see what happens in day 100. And then you get to day 105 and you realize I'm still at the same set point that I was at 97. So that line that was steadily rising, increasing, it just becomes flat. 
it just becomes like a stagnant line. So what a plateau is essentially, it just means that you have remained the same. You hit like a, a ceiling. Yeah. And would you say that's because your body's become so accustomed to a certain, right? And that's why it's a lot like of that. people. Um, what, routine is necessary for working out. Mm -hmm. So there's the, the misconception that you got to try every Instagram workout that you see. And that's not the case. You should definitely stay on a program between four to six weeks. But sometimes what we do is we find a diet that works for us. Like, or like I'm going to be keto, I'm going to be paleo. And it works for you for those first like six to 12 weeks. But then now it's probably time to change. It may be time to like remove something from the diet. It may be time to increase movement. Um, usually that just means that you probably should talk to someone about it. Like mm -hmm. just normalize the idea like, hey, I've gotten to this place and I'm stuck. Um, somebody probably has gone through something similar that can work out and it's like tell you what they've done. Or you can probably look into a professional that can help you break that plateau. That's what I had to do. Okay. I had to you know, obtain professional assistance to kind of help me get through that because there's only so much I understand about um, exercise for just lifestyle versus now when you're going into a different arena for competition sure, style. Sure. So, and this is the same thing for people. Like you may know how to eat healthy. You may know like I should probably stop eating fried foods and stop eating McDonald's and it worked for you. You lost a lot of weight, but then you may not have realized that your macronutrients are not necessarily on target and you're not hitting those goals. So you're not getting enough your, of your carbohydrates and your fats and your proteins and that could be it. Or you may be the person that's at the gym and you're afraid to lift more weight because you don't have a spotter and you're probably not building more muscle because you need to lift heavier. So having those conversations allows you to troubleshoot what's causing the plateau so that you can actually start to see the um, the line moving again. Okay. And I would, I would imagine taking a break like you did also might help as Resting well, right? Resting yeah. works because when you're working out so much, you're definitely causing inflammation as well. Sure. So you that can be an issue. And rest, I tell people all the time, like even if you still want to be active, you still have to like figure out a way to make your body go into recovery mode yeah. so that you can see it. I didn't change with my um, my strength at all. I went back into the gym this past Sunday and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be so weak and so frail. And it was like, oh, I, I feel like I've never left. I felt better. I could lift more. Actually, I had more endurance. I felt like I love it again. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Sometimes we need that kind of break. You mentioned lifting more. So um, another misconception, I think, is carbs, right? I mean, yeah. everybody, we're in this low carb environment. We have been for a couple of decades now where people don't want to eat carbs. But yeah. for most people who train regularly, you realize carbs are pretty important. Yeah. So maybe tell me They're a little bit about super that. Super important. They're your energy block. That's what keeps you going. Um, and if you don't have enough energy, you don't have enough fuel to work out, you're going to find yourself not able to actually perform um, at your highest levels in there. And I actually have a video, I think, on my Instagram where it's like berating people for like not liking carbs because they're they're surprised when I eat like rice for breakfast. <laughs> I live. I get I get the same thing, by yeah, the way. I'm with you I'm on like, that. Yeah. You can eat breakfast is just breaking your fast. You can eat anything to break your fast. But um, it's essential. Like the type of carb matters. Right. Mm -hmm. Because well, sure. you have your complex carbs and then you have your simple carbs, which are pretty much like one breaks down a lot faster than the other. Um, so the way that the energy is goes out is different. Sure. Um, so you probably don't want to have fruity pebbles before you go <laughs> lift. <laughs> but having oatmeal could probably just make you, you know, feel more like to 
be able to just get through an hour workout or sure. however long your workout is. So eating carbs is super essential. Each building. So if I break it down like this, just being like a little science nerd, your carbs are your energy source. So they're going to fuel you so that you can be satiated and also have like the stamina. Your um, proteins are going to make you feel fuller longer. They help build your muscle, but not just your muscles, your bones, your fingernails, your hair, like proteins are like your aminos. They're your building blocks for, for life. And then fats, like even our organs are aligned by fat. Like our brain health is needed with fats. So you want to have a healthy balance of all of those things, taking any, like if a, if a personal trainer or anyone ever tells you like, oh, you need to just take out one like building block you should probably run the other way sure, because sure. there needs to be balance in all areas in order to actually see sustainable like growth towards your goals. So um, you need all of those things and just understanding even on the most basic level, what everything does, like we said, protein, bones, hair, skin, nails, and then carbs, fuel, energy, go, go, go. And then fats for your brain. <laughs> <laughs> but the right portions. But the of right course. portions are. Yeah, you don't want to. We say be... you could eat rice, but that doesn't mean you eat. Uh, yeah, you want to eat rice enough of rice for yourself. So, like for for me, I have maybe like four different servings throughout the day. I have like five meals and then like two snacks throughout mm-hmm. the day because I'm I'm going from two thirty in the morning until eight. So I may have a quarter cup of rice three of those times and then only a half a cup, those other two. Okay. Right. Okay. So yeah. I, I still, I don't do intuitive eating. I know some people can, but I eat like a linebacker if I don't actually measure it out. So I have the measuring cups and I have the balance scale and I actually do everything and I still use my app to put it in there. Cause if you don't know what you're doing, I treat myself like a science project. So I actually try to make sure that I'm hitting all my macronutrients. I know how many ounces of water people get mad at me. Cause like, I'm going to have a sip <laughs> of water. And I'm like, no, they're like, what if we're in the Sahara desert? I'm like, I need to know exactly. You wouldn't even make an exception many, to no. Sahara desert. Okay. I probably would, but no, I'm like, you can't have this water. I need to know, but like knowing it, it helps. It helps your doctors know how to change your medications. It helps your personal trainers know like if you can actually sustain like the energy levels needed for a workout. It helps your dietitian understand if you're eating what you need to eat to um, actually like lose weight or gain weight. Sure. It, it, it does help to look at the nutrition labels. Yeah, well, it makes sense. And and measuring your food sounds like such a complicated nuisance for most people. But mm-hmm. once you start doing it for a while, it's really not that it's big so of a deal. It's so much fun yeah. to me. Yeah. I, I really probably am a nerd. But I think it's really not a big of a deal, especially if you're just doing it before. Like Most people eat on the go anyways. Most of us don't have a chance to go home for every meal. So if you're already going to work and packing your lunch, it's just one simple step, extra step. Sure, right? sure. And then if you don't necessarily want to actually know exactly how many grams or ounces, they create like the um the rule of just like thumb where it's like, okay, if you're doing like um, a nut butter, you may just like use the size of your thumb. If it's like for your proteins, the palm of your hand mm-hmm. and like, like do the same thing with or like the fist, yeah, right? The they fist. Have, right, right. You just yeah. do that for your play and you kind of measure it that way. So there's sure. different ways to kind of eyeball it and they call it intuitive eating now. But if you know like, something's not right and you're not changing if you hit that plateau the best way to kind of get out of that plateau is to really have some numbers to give to the person that you're going to go and consult with that makes a lot of sense. what i like about macros by the way and counting macros is it you make choices as well right so there may be a meal you're out and for whatever reason you're just gonna eat less carbs right 
um, because you don't have the ones you want available it's to you. It's like a bank. You could eat more later, right? Mm -hmm. And that's that's kind of a nice thing as well. So it does allow you to start thinking that way. Yeah, I, te I teach it like a monopoly money. I tell my clients, I'm like, all right, you got like 150 bucks of proteins, 130 bucks of carbs. So like, how are you going to spend those, like those values? Mm -hmm. So it's the same if you only had like five tens and you actually need it like, 10 tens, you would say, okay, well, I can't do that because I don't have that amount. Sure. So sure. it's like your bank, your, it's your nutrients bank. Yeah, right. that, that makes a lot of sense. Do you work uh, mainly with women or both men and women? I guess we work with both men and women. Okay. I'm always thankful when the men come and they allow me to train them because I'm just like, thank you, thank you. I can actually help you gain, <laughs> gain weight or like gain muscles. I know what I'm doing. Um, but I get to I get to work with both. Okay, yeah. okay. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite part of being a personal trainer? What do you love the most about it? The people, I really like, I really like the fact that people trust me to help them like be their, their best, best selves. And then when it starts to click and they're actually like imparting the things that you've like shared with them, it's just so fulfilling to see. So like I get to go on all these different journeys with all these amazing people that have different life struggles and battles and wins that they're going through. And I get to go alongside of them. So it's it's a very humbling experience. And I'm always super honored when someone chooses me to help them get to their goals, because like I count their successes as my successes as well. Sure. So sure. It's super amazing. And then I I've just been blessed to have amazing clients. Like I've laughed. I've been to clients' weddings and I've I've cried. I've been to funerals with them. Like I honestly get to do life with so many different people. And I think it's amazing. That is that's terrific. Uh for anyone listening right now who says uh they love working out, they love that lifestyle, and they would love to maybe get into that kind of career as far as fitness and wellness. What what advice do you have for them? I would say find out your why, because there are so many people right now doing it because it looks cool. It looks sexy, right? It's a new mm -hmm. thing to do, but it's a lot of work. You have to, it's continuous education. There's always changes. You're always debunking things because there was a time where people thought like you really shouldn't eat carbs, but that's outdated methodology. And you need to be able to understand like what is current and what's going on, not just in fitness, but it, in the medical world. So you just want to make sure that you're going into it for the right reasons, whatever those may be. And then you want to find people that have those same values and get them around you. So that way, when you start to get tired and feel like you can't go on in the marathon, you have people that can kind of remind you of those things, sure. kind of help you continue to grow and learn and sustain because it is hard work. It is. Yeah. Do you um do you think this was your calling? I have an opinion on that based on this conversation, but I'd like to, I'd like to hear what you have to say. I honestly always say like it happened accidentally on purpose. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't think this was what I wanted to do. I was supposed to be a rock star traveling the world <laughs> with entertainers, but I honestly feel like I get to do the same thing that I was doing in PR in this arena. So as much as I sometimes say it begrudgingly. I do think that this is my ministry. This is probably what I was called to do. I would I would say based on everything you said, it sounds like it is. Um, third grade, you you were limited with being able to work out. Now mm. you're <laughs> you're a fitness professional. Yeah. You were called back to do something really amazing and, and help take care of your mom. And that kind of brought you into this. So it sounds like that's that's the case. Um, very, very, very interesting story. And listen, we could go on and on with things like this, but um, I know you're very active on social media yes. and, and your content is actually, actually terrific. Oh, thank you. Tell us a little bit about kind of how our listeners and viewers can find you. So on Instagram, it's simple. Just look up the peach lady. I'm just joking. It's actually increase <laughs> the peach. Increase the peach. On okay. all platforms, Instagram and Facebook mainly. You can go to increase the peach.com and you can book any consultations. 
um, with us. And you could also find me through FitMixFest, which is like a new venture that we have going on. So Increase the Peach is probably going to be your best outlet to find all things Coach Chef. Okay. And if someone wants more information about how to work with you, they could you message call. you or call. Nine, joking. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody does that anymore, right? Like, please don't call me. You can text me, but don't call me. Just joking. Um, no, it's definitely going onto the website. Um, we'll give you all of the information to do it. Um, we put all the information on your hand. You can book me. My schedule is open. I actually don't put limitations. Like, I mean, obviously I block before 2.30 when I'm working out, but you have the, um, the accessibility to reach out to me through text, email, DM, phone call for sure. Um, all that is at the palm of your hands on the website. Excellent. Well, Shelleen, thank you so much for this. Uh, so much I for enjoy this uh, quite a bit. It's a conversation I love to have. If it's okay with you, I'd love to have you back on at some point uh, to continue that. the conversation. I was super scared when I walked into this, but you made it super, super. You're like, like the queen life. of social media. You should not be, uh, you should not be worried about that. You're um, always, you're always on video and that's giving tips. Myself. It's I know. called a selfie for a reason. Well, that's true. That's true. Well, you did a great job and I thank want to have so you much. back. Um, so again, thank you so much. Continued success and look forward to seeing you back here. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you.